Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of the Lord during their entire Christian lives and have become patterns to us of ones that counted all things lost on account of Christ. Witness Lee completed his most comprehensive work called the Life Study of the Bible just before going to be with the Lord in 1997. This program combines short excerpts from his original speaking, along with some of our own comments and fellowship. And as always, we'd like to hear from you with your thoughts or answer any questions that might arise while you're listening. We'll repeat this contact information at the end of the program, but if you have a pen right now, jot down our toll-free number, which is 888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or you can reach us by email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. What is faith? We know we're saved by it, but oh, how elusive it becomes when we look for it in the wrong place. And joining us once again, as often is our pleasure, is Francis Ball to fellowship about this life study. My pleasure also. Thank you. Francis, today we've come to a study that has, I think, the potential to be a life-changing revelation for many of the Lord's children regarding faith. And I think that we'll see today that faith is probably not what most of us supposed. Let's go right ahead and join Witness Lee for this life study. Chapter 4 is a deep word. What chapter 4 reveals to us is this. The adequate living justification is God's deeper work to call the fallen people out of anything that is other than God. This was why when God called Abraham, God only told him out of what he should go out. But God didn't tell him to where he should go. God's intention was that Abraham should just go to God. This is why, after being called, God trained him to believe in God. And to believe in God simply means to believe into God, making himself one with God. And this kind of believing admits that This man himself is nothing, and he can do nothing, and he has nothing, and he has to be terminated. And this is circumcision. When a person is called by God in this way, and brought to God in such a condition, surely this living God would be automatically, spontaneously transfused into this man. And this man surely will be attracted by this very God. And right away this person within would react to God. And this reaction is his believing. Could you see this? 
and this is faith. So the believing faith is not something by yourself, it's not something separate from Christ. It is just Christ transfusing himself into you to cause a reaction in you. Your believing is just an echo. If there is no sound, there could never be an echo. Jesus is the sound. When this sound reaches your heart and reaches your spirit, there would be a reaction. And this reaction is just an echo. And this reaction is just your appreciation, your believing in Jesus. This is just Jesus himself. And this is why when you have this, this is right unto you as righteousness. Your believing is the echo of Jesus. And the righteousness which is reckoned to you is another reaction. When Jesus transfuses himself to you, there is a reaction with you. That is believing. When you have the believing, then there's another reaction to you. That is the righteousness reckoned to you by God. You don't have this doctrine in the Bible superficially. But when you get into the depth of the Bible, you see the thing is there. This is God's calling the things not being as being. When you came to God that day, you had nothing there. But God came to you, called something not being as being. Just after five minutes, you had everything. Amen. <laughs> there was not righteousness of God with you, but after five minutes, there was. Yeah. Uh, there was not the Son of God with you as the Isaac, but after five minutes, there was. Yeah. And you have the righteousness of God, and you have the Son of God. Don't forget the reaction back and forth. And the first reaction was the calling things not being as being. And the second reaction would be the very giving life to the dead. This is something too, too deep. But eventually, in chapter 4, after so much reaction again and again, the ultimate issue is the resurrected Christ. And this resurrected Christ is not only there in the heavens, but also here within us. Amen. To impart the resurrected life to us, that we may live a life of justification. See, eventually, the justification is not just a positional thing, it will become a dispositional thing. Francis, this presentation of faith and how it is nothing other than Christ transfusing himself into us to cause a reaction within us is marvelous. Witness Lee used a term, Jesus is the sound, and when this sound reaches our spirit, it causes an echo, and that echo is just our believing. This is tremendous, isn't it? Yes, Chris, I say this is a tremendous view. I've often wondered about the matter of faith. It seems to me that faith is the one requirement of God that makes our salvation real. But uh, so many times I've tried to urge people to have faith, 
to believe, but even they try to believe, and faith doesn't come. So I wondered, what is faith? Faith is not separate from Christ. It is actually Christ himself transfusing himself into us and producing a reaction, an echo within us. Our believing is the echo. It's the faith of Christ, but not only is it of Christ, but by causing a reaction in us, it is faith in Christ. It originates with Christ. It comes into us by our hearing of the Word of God, and it becomes a reaction which is an attraction to God. We're attracted to God by this kind of coming in through the hearing of the Word. And this is our believing, our saving faith. Now we can better understand verses that refer to the faith of Jesus Christ, like in Romans 3.22 and in Galatians 2.20, where Paul says, And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith, the faith in or of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. This faith by which I live is of the Son of God. It's not originated by me. So it's very comforting to know that the very speaking of Christ in his word to us generates an echo. Jesus is the sound, and within us is the echo. That echo is our faith. Francis, this is a entirely different view, I think, of faith than most all of us have held over the years. And isn't it true that the source of much of the discouragement, it seems to me, in the Christian life is when we are looking into ourselves to try to find faith? Right. It seems so. And I know that that was my concept for so many years. But in this ministry, I've realized that Christ is really the author and the perfecter of faith. If he's the author, that means it originated with him. So it's not something that I can work up. It's something that comes as a response in an appreciation for and a desire for God to be in me. And that echo that appreciates Christ is my faith. Amen. Thank you, Francis. Let's join Witness Lee for more of this very profound life study. In chapter 3, you do have redemption to bring forth justification. But you don't have God's purpose. What is God's purpose in justification? So you need the example to show you. Paul was, in a sense, forced to use a picture because the thing is too deep. We sought to be justified is just a matter to cover or to take away our sinful problem. But if you go back to Abraham and you read chapter 15 of Genesis, there was no sinful problem there. The involvement there was the problem to have a seed. And this seed will become a kingdom to fulfill God's purpose. You have to read the Bible from the first page of Genesis. The first page of Genesis tells us God made a man in his own image to express himself. 
God made a corporate man with the purpose to express him, to exercise his dominion. That means to have a kingdom as a sphere to express God's glory. And this was God's purpose. But man got fallen. A man was kept away from this. Of course, after this being kept away, surely man got falling into sinful things. No doubt about this. But the involvement is not a matter of being sinful. The involvement is a matter how God's purpose is going to be fulfilled. It is not a matter how you are going to be saved. But a matter how God's purpose is going to be fulfilled. Yeah. As long as you will be in the involvement to fulfill God's purpose, surely you got saved. No problem about that. God's justification is for the fulfillment of God's purpose. Why God has chosen you. Not for your salvation, but for his purpose. Why God has called you. Not for you to go to heaven, Amen. but for you to fulfill God's purpose. Amen. Otherwise, why Paul in chapter 4 of Romans, after saying God reckoned righteousness to Abraham, he continued to say, you know, the promise to Abraham and his heirs to inherit the world and so forth. In chapter 4, it is told clearly that God's justification to his chosen ones is not mainly for their salvation, is purposely for them to inherit the world, to exercise God's dominion on this earth, to fulfill God's purpose. Francis, here is another profound revelation from this chapter now regarding justification. I think our thought has been that justification is mainly for us so that we can come to God and be saved. But Francis, please say something about how the example of Abraham's life is a strong testimony that justification is altogether for the fulfillment of God's purpose. It is common among Christians, I believe, to consider that justification is just to make us who are such sinners to be right with a holy God. I've sometimes explained the word justification by saying that it is just if I had never sinned. That was what I thought, that this just restores us to a spot as though we had never sinned. But in this message, we have seen that justification is not just a matter of being positionally right with God and not having any sin left to separate us from God. That we are justified before God because all the legal claims God has against me have been already satisfied by the death of Christ, and this makes me righteous positionally. This is true. But there's a further thing. We need to see that justification is an action toward us that is very subjective. To experience subjective justification means that we are righteous before God and even conditionally 
we are being saved from all unrighteousness. This justification is not just for us to be saved from going to hell, but this justification is to bring us into God's purpose and God's plan. Abraham was told by God that he would have a seed, and through that seed the whole earth would be blessed. Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him for righteousness. Now that had nothing to do with sin. That was justifying Abraham, that this was made righteousness to him by his believing. But it's not just a matter of having as though I had never sinned, but this is to put into us a justifying life. And it's not only for us so that we are saved and we are free from the guilt of sin and we are not going to an eternal punishment, but it's so God can have his goal, his purpose worked out. This seed in Abraham's case, eventually was Isaac. And it's through Isaac that God had a people on the earth. So justification has to do with God's eternal purpose to have a people with whom he could be mingled, blended, and be one. I'm so grateful, Francis, for these life studies one by one that expands our view and recalibrates us to really what's on God's heart. It surely does bring us to that view, doesn't it? It really does. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study. In Genesis 15, the reckoning of righteousness to Abraham was not for salvation. God told Abraham, your seed will be like the stars in the heavens. And Abraham believed that word of God. And his believing was reckoned back to him as God's righteousness. So he got God's righteousness. But what was that? In a sense, Abraham didn't realize that much. Right? Because the righteousness of God was absolutely abstract. Nothing solid. To Abraham, by that time, it might be just a term. Following chapter 15, in chapter 16, it was the birds of Ishmael. Let me put it this way. Positionally, Abraham got the righteousness of God. But, dispositionally, he didn't get it. Rather, he got an Ishmael. Circumcision came in by this way. Just because Abraham tried the best by himself to fulfill God's righteousness. To produce Ishmael by Hagar, that means to have the work of the law. And that work of the law surely is not the righteousness of God. After chapter 16, you have chapter 17. In which chapter God mentions something about Isaac? Ishmael, in typology, typifies the work of the law. Isaac, in typology, typifies the righteousness of God reckoned to the believing one by faith. So, in chapter 15, Abraham had the righteousness of God positionally. 
when he got Isaac born, Abraham had the righteousness of God dispositionally. He had a real experience of God's righteousness. And both God's righteousness and Isaac were in typology Christ. In our experiences, we all realize the very righteousness reckoned to us at the time we believed was Christ. It is not just something abstract as a can term righteousness of God. That righteousness of God is what? Person. The resurrected Christ. And eventually, this resurrected Christ becomes our today's Isaac. Well, Abraham got Isaac. Abraham was fully satisfied with this individual Isaac. Just like you and me. When we got some experience of Christ, we are just satisfied with the individual Christ. While you are still enjoying, all of a sudden, God came in. Abraham, offer this Isaac to me. And the Lord would say, go to the church. You got bothered. What church? I don't care for that. As long as I have Christ as my experience, it would be wonderful. This means you would not offer your Isaac to the altar. If you would, reaction comes again. You offer one Isaac, thousands of thousands of Isaac will return to you. Abraham offered one Isaac, thousands, thousands descendants returned to Abraham. And these thousands of Isaac formed the kingdom. This is why Paul in chapter 4 says, Abraham and his heirs are going to inherit the earth. Here, the body life is implied. In chapter 4, you have the body. We are many, yet one body. And in chapter 14, Paul interprets the body as the kingdom of God. So the body life is just the kingdom of God to fulfill God's purpose. Francis, Abraham had the experience of having God's righteousness positionally accredited to him. But still he was able to produce Ishmael. But what happened in his experience to eventually bring him to experience God's righteousness inwardly, which resulted in Isaac? Well, these are uh, real involved points. I have to admit, it's not easy to explain these kind of things, but it shows us that the Bible is its own interpreter. You always interpret the Bible according to what the Bible says. And many times this is because the Bible gives us some examples in the Old Testament that are types and that are pictures of not only Christ, but also of our life and our experience of Christ. Abraham received a promise of a seed, and through this seed, he would be a blessing to the whole earth. This is God's promise to him, and he believed it. But he set out to try to accomplish this in his own way. 
And you know, this reminds me a lot of what we Christians often do. We believe in the Lord, and we believe that God has a plan, but we try to fulfill that plan, or we try to make that plan fit our life or our circumstances. This is exactly what Abraham did. Even after he was pronounced righteous before God and had this promise from God, he still went out to try to fulfill God's promise in his way. So he took the way to produce a son through his concubine, and that son was Ishmael. And God had to reject that son and the concubine as well. But eventually, God did give Abraham, through Sarah, his wife, the proper son, Isaac. So for Isaac to come out is that seed. It's through him that the whole nation of Israel came. And Isaac is a type of Christ. And Christ is a a seed. And when Christ fell into the ground and died and resurrected again, out of that resurrection came a new creation, including all the believers in Christ. So that God's intention is worked out in his way, but at a very great cost. And that is, once you've experienced Christ as your Isaac, he becomes very precious to you. But then God asks you to offer up that personal experience and that personal Savior and that personal uh, enjoyment on the altar and offer it up to him so that he might have his purpose fulfilled by having a whole new creation of regenerated believers that will be his purpose on the earth today. So I trust we could see something about faith, we could see something about justification, and we can see something further about not using our own means to try to fulfill God's purpose, but to enjoy the Lord Jesus Christ in resurrection to produce all the believers that will accomplish God's eternal purpose. Thank you, Francis, for your fellowship. In these studies in Romans, we are touching so many of the very deep, foundational, significant items of the whole Christian faith. And the 30-minute time that we're allotted certainly does not allow us to do it in an adequate way always. The points are made and the light comes. But I would recommend, as I'm sure you would echo, that this is a study that our listeners really should have. This warrants their time. This is worth their time to get into these things much more deeply. So as always, we'd like to encourage them to contact us to receive this message. I certainly echo that. Without getting the written messages and getting into them, it's very difficult to just pick up the main things from this kind of broadcast. I appreciate your being here, and I hope to see you very soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. You can now enjoy titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Visit lsm.org epublications to find all that Living Stream has available. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and EPUB formats, which means you can enjoy this ministry on all kinds of PC and Mac devices. Many of our publications are also available on Amazon.com and at iTunes. But to see everything we have to offer, visit our website at lsm.org slash 
ePublications. Thanks for listening today.